All right, well, right now it's clear outside, but the past two days, city was under a fog warning, very foggy across the city. The roads were messy, and we were getting inundated with messages saying, Sarah, please ask the AMA about how to drive in fog. So we did. Joining us, Mark Pasternak from AMA Driver Education. Thanks so much for joining us, Mark, and get us out of this driver fog. Thank you for having me. So we had a lot of fog in the city for two days, and it seems like what happens is people forget how to drive in fog. So one of the questions we had was, why is everyone slowing down so much? Should people be slowing down in the fog? And I thought we should review these things. So next time we're blanketed with the fog, we all remember the rules that you told us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, fog in general, I mean, the biggest factor of all is the vision changes, right? We lose a lot of the vision that we need as it is. So probably the simplest rule of thumb you want to think of when it comes to fog or you know, thick snow or rain and things is just see and be seen as much as you possibly can. So simple rules of thumb and things to help make that easier, as you mentioned before, with the speed factor is when you can see as far, Obviously, bringing your opportunity to stop the vehicle smoother, to adjust to things smoother as well. It's easier to gain traction as well at lower speeds, too. So uh, just reducing speeds in general is probably the simplest option. And it doesn't have to be, once again, you know, 30, 40 under the limit to put you at risk. Just enough that you're not going fast enough where you can't control options or things around you, too. So mm. probably the simplest factor. Because one of the things we heard was people saying people are slowing down so much that when I'm turning a corner, I'm not expecting the car to be going that slowly. And some people were saying on the deer foot, instead of going 100, people were going 60 or 70. So that might be a bit too slow. Uh, it depends. Once again, I mean, if people are allowing space and they're anticipating situations as well, I, it, it's all circumvented to the situation itself. I mean, some roads do require you to travel a little slower uh, at, at levels that can allow you to anticipate better as well. Uh, one thing that definitely helps with the idea of speed as well is always think to yourself <clears throat> the anticipation of other drivers, what they're going to do as well too. So another factor that can help you adjust and know what speed to use on a road is space, allowing a bigger following distance, more control of the room you have in front of you, this way, at least it anticipates with the speed more space to control if there is a rash movement or if there is an adjustment. And, and then things like corners, like you had mentioned as well, looking around the corner as far as you can prior to making the turn so you see what is there before you actually make the action as well, just to get control as much prior as possible. It feels like once we've been driving for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe we should all go back to driving school, right? Because we had so many questions about driving in fog. I thought, I wonder if the 16, 17-year-olds of the world have a clearer understanding than some of us who have been driving for decades. You know, it never hurts to get a brush up or just a refresher for your mind, at least. Like you said, it's we all build these habits because driving becomes so normal. Like you do it every day, all the time to a degree, to a point where you don't even think. You just do it because it just becomes uh, muscle memory at this point. Uh, it never hurts to kind of kickstart your brain again and just look at the small factors, the things that we don't do. Uh, a lot of times as well, having, having a third-party person, say an instructor on, a, on a, a simple brush-up lesson, point out things that you don't know you're doing. So they can mention things like a missing shoulder check or a late signal that you don't know because your brain interprets this as being normal. I do this every day anyways. So never a bad thing even just to, to read up on some information or like you said, or, or just these radio uh, casts where we're able to give information out, just taking that in, looking at yourself first and saying, what do I do in relation to the things that I read and see too? This is Mark Pasternak from AMA Driver Education. What about people who drive in the fog with their four-way flashers on? 
lights. Oh, my goodness, this is a whole topic in its own here. Uh, to just give you a little uh, addition to that before we start with that question there, uh, the simplest tip I can give anybody at any point when it comes to driving on a good day or a bad, doesn't really matter, to be honest, is turning the full lights on your vehicle, not the auto lights, not the uh, daytime running lights, uh, the full thing. Putting that, that dial one more button over uh, guarantees not only the front lights are on, but the back lights are on as well. And it's funny how we always drive and watch the person ahead of us and say, well, they should turn their tail lights on. I can't see them very well, but we don't have ours on right. at the same time. So the idea of don't re- don't rely on things like the auto to do what you need to do, especially with sensors and things, turn the full lights to get that control. But in regards to... Uh, the four-way flashers, there's there's legalities behind this, and then there's safety factors behind this as too. We do see in cases with extreme weather conditions, uh, in a whiteout or in fog and things, people tend to get very panicky quickly, and what they'll do is they'll pop the four-ways on thinking, I'm more visible, I can be seen better now, and all is good. The negative to this is that you're losing your signal lights at that point too. So any movement you make, any any lane changes you complete, any turns, no one can read that now because your, your four-ways are being used for the four-ways now as well too. So... Something to think about uh, when it comes to the legalities behind the scenes as well is <clears throat> just turning on your low beams and your taillights does give you a lot of visibility right off the bat as it is. In cases where there's things going on ahead of you where you want to get someone's attention behind you possibly, then turning them on for a couple seconds is not a bad idea, kind of a, a signal to people. But uh, driving with them for long-term distances uh, can also cause confusion, like I said, amongst other people because of the fact they don't know what your next action may be. So it's it's one of those things you have to really judge depending on the scenario. It was, the most extreme, horrible case of, of condition you can get, then it makes sense to put them on for visibility for other drivers. But you have to think about the consequences if they don't know what you're going to do next as well. So ideally, we always say put the lights on first, let them do the work for the most part, and use the the, the uh, uh, four-way flasher lights if you're stopped most often to show that you are a hazard, which is what the legal definition is in the province. And last question, Mark, and this is this is my favorite argument with people, especially in the hail season in the summer. What about stopping under the underpasses if there's fog, heavy snow, or or hail in the summer? Is it ever okay to stop under the underpasses, according to AMA? I, the reality is it comes down to, once again, condition, scenario, what happens on the road. If you're in an extreme weather situation to the point where you're going to have safety issues on the street and you're able to get some coverage by going, say, onto the shoulder as far as possible off the road and be safe there, uh, we don't say no to it if it's, once again, a safety issue that you have to get off the road. But you do have to think, once again, about other drivers. They're also looking for these situations. They're also anticipating pulling over under them. So you may have a bulk of cars now that are blocking the lane, possibly. They're at a higher risk for being hit by somebody who doesn't see them as well. So, And then, once again, comes into play the idea of if you are ever stopping, whether it comes to underneath something or on the side of the road or you're pulling off somewhere, make sure you're very visible and you're parked in a safe environment. So you're as far off the road as you can. And there's where the four-ways will stand out to show where you are sitting as well in case other people try to make the same motion so it's not ideal if other vehicles are doing the same thing but if you're at a safety level where you have to get off the road because something worse is going to happen then we wouldn't say no to if you can do it safely so 911 911 what's your emergency Ah, i'm on a cruise ship Ah, there was an explosion oh my god the ship is sinking i can't get out there's water everywhere we're going down i've got a lock on your location stay with me hurry hurry Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.